how bad do you want it? <laughs> like, how bad do you want your, your ideal goal? Like, how bad do you want your financial freedom? Because in that financial freedom, you can say yes to a whole lot more things with so much more gusto than if you are just blindly spending your money. When you're blindly spending your money, you're like, I think, I don't know, I guess I have, whatever, YOLO, you, you, you will YOLO yourself <laughs> to believe that this is a good thing and then get upset when you get a statement and you're like, how am I supposed to pay all of this? This was all you, boo. Like nobody else did this, but you. <laughs> like, like, so and why do that for yourself? So you have to ask yourself, and I have people dream, what do you really desire for yourself? How do you want to feel when it comes to looking at your bank account, going to the register? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple. So one of the favorite ones that I have is called a CEO report. Super simple. Most of these things, most of the, the tools and resources that we have are super simple. It's a spreadsheet. It's a document. It's a whatever, but it's what we do with it. And I tell people this all the time, even when they talk to me about money, well, I use a spreadsheet. Are you using it? Do you get value from it? Like, because a spreadsheet is just a piece of paper with numbers on it until you actually put value behind it. So any of these resources are not outlandishly things that you can't find online. It's just what we do with it. We have purpose behind it. You're listening to the Coach Up Podcast, where coaches come to learn how to build their coaching businesses to six figures and beyond. I'm Kanisha Hart, your host. Here on the podcast, I get the privilege of interviewing coaches who've already made six and seven figures in their coaching business and are willing to pull back the veil and share with you the strategies, the habits, the techniques, and the tools they use to build to that level so you can do the same. Whether you are a new coach just starting out or you've been in the business for a while, but you aren't seeing the growth and the revenue you desire. The Coach Up Podcast will give you insight on what you can do next and what you can do now to accelerate or revive growth in your business. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Coach Up Podcast. Let's go ahead and get into it. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Coach Kimberly Graham. It's another one of those conversations where you just get thrown into us conversing because that's just how the conversation went. But as you get through this episode, you will see why. It's just a conversation that flows naturally all about finances, paying off debt, structuring your wealth, being responsible, taking responsibility for your finances in your business and in your personal life. And the stress and struggles of actually building a growing business. Something that we don't talk about a lot is growing the business and the growing pains that happen in the growing of a coaching business and the iterations that occur as you go from one-on-one to group to maybe a membership back to one-on-one. And Kim is so transparent about all of that which is why this is such a great episode, not only from a financial standpoint, but also from a building your business standpoint. So I will not take any more time. Let's get into it. Enjoy this conversation with Coach Kimberly Graham, the Profit Coach. It's been a very busy summer and we're doing all the things and it's just been really great to kind of recenter and be with family, but also I'm in a season of a business where you're just kind of like new ideas are coming up, which happens when you kind of rest. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden you get reinvigorated with like, you should do this. This is going to take the world by storm. And then, and then there's just all sorts of, of stuff that goes along with it. So it's been great. The kids have been wonderful. It's been nice to just take breaks when I'm like in the zone. I'm like, no, let me go play with my kid. <laughs> That's nice to just, they make you take a break, which is good. That is good. When you have those ideas, so Kimberly, mm-hmm. do you, what do you do with them? Because 
mm-hmm. we get so many and mm-hmm. we want to chase so many rabbits. So what do you do with them? So I really have to, I, I, I'm a, I've, I've grown into a person who journals. I never journaled before. My girlfriends were all journal people. And I was like, you guys are weird. I don't have that much time and I don't feel like it, but I love journaling now. So I will start by just like regurgitating all of my thoughts on paper. Um, sometimes they're in the form of prayers, like, God, please tell me where you want me to go next. Like, I'm so confused. Why did you give this to me if you don't want me to do anything with it? So sometimes it's the form of that. Sometimes it's in the form of me building out what I want it to look like. Um, so there's a lot of like brainstorming sessions that I have. And then once I kind of have a cohesive, like, like I have pillars, right? And I think every business has like pillars that they're like, this is what the end goal is and what I want for it to look like. Um, so I always weighed against how would this benefit my current clients? How would this benefit my future clients? How would this benefit? Like, does this feel, does this feel more like me? Am I aligned to it? Am, is it easy for me to talk about? Or is it something that's like, no, it's just a fad. Like, <laughs> um, am I just chasing a fad, you know? Right. Um, so I always have to like go like, cause if I'm not loving it and I'm not passionate about what it looks like, then I'm not going to keep it going. Then it becomes a fad, right? So I always have to weigh it against that. And then, um, I'll bring it to my husband to be like, okay, or, or a, a business owner. Cause my husband's the one who'll be like, that sounds great. And I'm like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was testing you. Right. Um, He's supportive. He's supportive. And I'm like, thank you, but that's not a good idea. So I'll bring it to my coaches. I'll bring it to people in my my circle who I'm like, okay, I know that you will tell me whether this is a horrible idea mm-hmm. or whether this is something that I need to pursue. So mm-hmm. I'll bring it there. And then from that point on, I'm like, okay, like, all right, like, let's really kind of see how this works. But then there's this always this growth or this tension between the complacency and the growth part of you. And they just like fight with each other and it messes with me. Like I can tell every single time I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely something's happening something's in the atmosphere type of feeling when my body starts feeling this way so it's just really normal (laughs) yeah well you've been through it obviously enough that you (laughs) recognize it and so what's the complacency part the complacency is like oh sit still like you're fine like you know stay here you're good like it could be that you know you're like you're you're talking to the 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 people that you know don't 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 rock the boat (laughs) don't Mm -hmm. rock the boat pretty much is what it's saying that's the teacher part of me the complacent I'm I'm a pastor's kid so it's the pk side of me like that's the that's all of this like conditioned thing to just be like stay here and mm-hmm. follow directions and follow the rules and don't don't break anything right and then the other part of me is like no like break through those walls break through those things rock the boat change things like you're gonna upset people this is a part of the process of breaking people out of the norm of what they're going through and so when i'm trying to think of a new way to approach something and it happens to be edgy for me um it, I, those, those sides of each other's always combat. And so there's like firing of both of these ideas that come out at the same time. And so it's me battling between them all the time. So it's like my whole, you could call it your nervous system. You could call it your anxiety. You could call it whatever you want to call it. I don't even know how to pinpoint it, but my body knows like, okay, really? like I need to rest or I need to write it out or I need to talk or I need to pray. Sometimes I'm just like, Lord, I just need Jesus time. <laughs> I just need okay. to soak for a second. Nice. Like it's, it's happened. Yeah. And that that's normally when I'm on the verge of something that's pretty big. And okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, okay. What was the last thing that was big mm-hmm. that you experienced that before you had the breakthrough and you went to the big thing? Mm-hmm. It's always starting a program or, or maybe even writing a, a post. Sometimes it's as small as writing a post or changing the way that I want to say something. So dealing with finances, I have been known to be very, my coach will be like, you, you're too vanilla with your content. Sometimes you like to be like, 
you need a budget. A budget's really going to help you do X, Y, and Z. And she's like, Kim, no, like, that's not really what you feel, is it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, like, yes, but no. Um, and she's like, okay, so what do you really want to say? And I'm like, I hate that people can be so stupid. <laughs> like, you know, like, like my words. And I'm like, no, but that would hurt people. Like, I don't want to say that. <laughs> and she's like, Kim, but that's how you really feel. Like that is the raw and there's nothing wrong with it. Right. That is your raw feeling about it. And you need to just say that because like, okay, I'll tell you this. The other, this is exactly a good point. Two weeks ago, I was having several conversations with my clients and their spouses. Um, I was talking about them, but their spouse was having a lot of, um, you could call feelings about working with me. Um, I've been called a scam before. I've been called Oh, why are you investing so much money into understanding a better money? I could do it. And in my mind, I'm like, then why haven't you done it? Like, I wouldn't be here unless you could do it for yourself. Then yeah. <laughs> if right. you're jealous, just say that. <laughs> and we but, can all move on. And we can just move on. Like, I mean, why do you have such an ego? And so all these ideas are like in the back of my head. And I hear mm -hmm. it from so many of my clients' spouses working mainly with women. Um, wow. So their husbands. So, I mean, having this conversation constantly, like, having to stroke the ego of these, of these men. I, I had a moment the other week where I was just like, I hate men. <laughs> like I hate them. And I wrote in my notes, this huge long thing of like, I hate men. Men are stupid. Why, why is it in a relationship? She can't go for a shopping spree at Target, but you can go for several rounds of golf and she shouldn't say a word. Why is that, mm -hmm. that she can't invest in understanding more about her finances and you find that threatening <laughs> like, mm. why what does that say about you so I'm like going off right everything in me is just like heated and I'm like I can't post that <laughs> but that's where the the back uh. and forth comes out and I'm like all right let me make it a little bit more polished mm -hmm. and I sent it and don't you know that was the thing that a lot of people were like I like you <laughs> really I feel this. This is me to the core. How did you, are you reading my mind? Why does my husband do? And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. okay. Like, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because you know, you know what it is? It's so often mm -hmm. we don't say what we really feel for fear of how it will be received, what people are going to think when you're in business, is it going to chase away clients? Yeah. We forget because, you know, there's multiple uh, as you were talking about, like you're a PK. And so you're fighting against that mindset versus the one that says no break through the wall and go. There's multiple learnings that we have mm -hmm. sift through. And the one that we hear is, oh, the business is not, people won't, they don't like that for business. Yet the other part of us is saying they're humans. Like we're dealing with ourselves. We're dealing with humans and humans gravitate naturally to truth. We are mm -hmm. built in the image of God who is truth. And so whether we like it or not, we can recognize truth. We may not want to say it out loud. We can recognize truth. And so when people speak truth, like, oh my goodness, I resonate with the fact that, yes, why is my husband allowed to do the golf? And I can't, it speaks mm -hmm. to who really the client is. But then that other voice says, oh, but in business, you can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. And who taught us that? Right. Right. Is it, is it society? Is it, is it the enemy? Is it like, what, who is it? Is it the way our upbringing was like women shouldn't do certain things because I mean, men don't care. They just like throw it out there and they're like, man, whatever. Correct. <laughs> is It'll it a female thing? I don't know. But like, I struggle with that a lot. And so mainly when I have those, those feelings of just like conflict, that's what it is. It's me against me. It's like future me. Who's like, do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to be over here. And like, 
scared little Kim teacher PK Kim is like, don't do that. You're gonna hurt Hegel's feelings. <laughs> it's such a battle it's though. Like his. Oh, it's, it's such a battle. It's funny though you said that um about you just you told your coach, I just want to say people are stupid. I was listening to an apostle, apostle, an apostle that I listened to. And um, he said, I don't know the scripture, but he said, you know, God said the people were stupid. Like, mm -hmm. you do know he yep. said that. Yep. I call myself a dumb sheep all the time. <laughs> I try and keep it real, real with the Lord. I'm a dumb sheep. I'm going to need you to be so clear with where I need to go next, because I will go the opposite direction, not recognizing where you want me to go. Make it clear. <laughs> it's a good prayer. That is a good, that's a good prayer. I am curious though. So, oh, okay. And so this is what happens when I talk to amazing people. We just start talking and this is the interview. Okay, great. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm curious when you started to recognize like you were, that you were having to navigate between the two mm -hmm. different conversations, especially in your business, like when you were listening to one and the other and how you started to recognize so you could actually start to push through that. Yeah. So honestly, that came with coaching, not me coaching having a coach. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, everybody goes through, I feel like when they're about to invest in something that's big, you know, and a lot of times for coaching that's, or for people going into a coaching program, there's mm -hmm. always this like, should I, or shouldn't I type of feeling? Um, I definitely resonated with that, but for whatever reason, those are not hard decisions to make because I know I'm investing in someone to stand right next to me and help me work through all of these things that go on in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's going to be so much help. Like that's going to bring me so much clarity than if I'm just sitting here ruminating in my thoughts, I'm wasting so much time. Yeah. So the first coach that I actually hired, I mean, she got the run, rundown of me kind of like what you said earlier, like, oh, how do you keep from going down different rabbit holes? Cause I will go down a rabbit hole and I will be so into it. And I'll be like, this is it. And I needed that person to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not at all what you initially said you wanted to do. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Don't mm -hmm. do that again. Stay on track. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I started off with like, I mean, a lot of offers and a lot of ideas. And I think having a coach helped me pare down and go, think about it this way. Let's think about what you desire. Like asking me the right questions to help me go, oh, I didn't need that. Oh, you're right, I didn't need that. You are so right, like, okay, yes. And I'm, they see things in me that I don't see in myself. So it's so, to me, always valuable to have somebody else who is 10 steps ahead of me that can be like, don't, that's a rabbit hole that's not gonna serve you. This is what you need to do. Um, and so like, that's that's super helpful. And then I've had like uh, another coach since then. And the coach that I just finished with, I was with her for about a year and a half because I, I, I needed it. I was in a season of growth and a season of like just ups and downs. And I needed that person to be like, keep going, keep going. Like you, you are, you are still on track. Like you just need to push through. And so with all of that coaching, similar to sports or whatever you want to do mm -hmm. now that I, I mean, I'm in different networking programs, but I'm not in any like particular coaching program. I am able to self-regulate way faster than I would in year one of being in business. So for me, and it was one of the questions you asked. <laughs> that is really the thing that has helped me understand how to regulate and and figure out how to get out of these like spinoffs, so to speak, faster mm -hmm. yeah. um, than if I was just on my own. Right. Is it you're able to ask the questions that she was, mm -hmm. I'm assuming female, mm -hmm. um, that she was asking you because you heard them so often, you had to answer and process so often. Yes. Now yep. you can get back to you. Yep. And that, and the tools and the resources, sometimes I'll go back to other resources that she's given me that I'm like, let me just go through this and actually like 
really think through what I need to do. And let me go back to my previous notes where I said, this is what I desire. And like really give myself a, a what do you want to call it? Like a, just a phase, like, where am I on this? This is where I said I wanted to be. Where am I on this? Have I completely gone off? And why did I go off if I did go off of my my initial flow of how I wanted this to look like? Um, and because I mean, people evolve, things shift, but I feel like there are certain things that are to the core of us that will always be consistent. Um, so having the understanding of like how to do that has been just so beneficial for me and also has saved my husband and I lots of therapy because I will literally talk his head off about all these things. And he's like, Kim, I, I don't have the answers for you. Like, I, can't, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> so he loves my coaches. Okay. He's like, can I help pay for them? Can I, I help please? Right. I will send you to the next one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause you're right. We need that. We need somebody to bounce those ideas off who is in the space, right? Mm -hmm. But it's even more helpful when, like you said, they're 10 steps ahead because then they yes. can they can quickly, they've already been through it and they can click or they've had their coaching. And so they can quickly mm -hmm. pull you back, right? It's, mm -hmm. As you said, it saves you time. I'm always curious about the tool, tools and resources. I hear people mention those and I always think, what? I want to know what one is. Like, give me an example. What's a, a tool, a resource that you now have in your arsenal from your coach that you actually use? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple. So one of the favorite ones that I have is called a CEO report. Super simple. Most of these things, most of the, the tools and resources that we have are super simple. It's a spreadsheet. It's a document. It's a whatever, but it's what we do with it. And I tell people this all the time, even when they talk to me about money, well, I use a spreadsheet. Are you using it? Do you get value from it? Like, cause a spreadsheet is just a piece of paper with numbers on it until you actually put value behind it. So any of these resources are not outlandishly things that you can't find online. It's just what we do with it. We have purpose behind it. So one of them is called a CEO report. And so my coach was like, every single month, you need to grade yourself, not like grade yourself. Like I'm, you know, you got an F, you know, but like really understand like, okay, where am I lacking? Where do I see trends? Because then I need to make, make sure that's the forefront of what I need to focus on. So the first part of her CEO report is again, on a Google sheet is like, here's my aim over the year. Like my yearly goals, this is what I'd like to have. Here's my like motto for myself. Um, you know, what are some of the things that I, um, the, my, my core pillars, so to speak. And then the other one is like, okay, here's what you did for this month. What's my champagne moment. So she calls it a champagne moment as like, here's the thing that I'm going to celebrate by the end of this month. Like, it's going to be the thing that I'm like, yes, it's happened. So it's kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing where you're like, this is happening. And then you're like putting yeah. it in motion. So it, there's that part. And then, you know, it's like, here are the things that I was able to accomplish. Here are the things that I'm going to be having in the works as a result of the work that I'm doing. Um, and then below it has like, you know, numerical, like down, like how much did I make? What were my expenses? Um, and then at the very end is like an evaluation. How are you doing on lead generation? How are you doing on, how are you feeling? Are you feeling run down? Are you feeling, you know, over, why did you feel overwhelmed if that was the case? Mm -hmm. So there's like this little bit of a journal entry there. Um, and so it's so simple. It only takes like 10 minutes to do. Um, and you do it once a month, but it's like me looking over the last like two or three months, I'm able to see, oh, there's a trend here. I'm not doing so great with my lead gen. I need to make that, I need to bring that to the forefront. So what activities can I do? And then I can go to another tool slash resource, which has a list of all these different resources and early generation, um, you know, activities that I can do to bring more clients to the forefront. So like it's, it's being able to piece them all together for a purpose. Um, I've actually evolved it so that it's actually something I do every week. So instead of a CEO report for the month, I do a CEO report every single week. So it's like a journal practice for me yeah. to be like, this is what I'm going to celebrate this week. And then I kind of go through it every way. So, I mean, 
again, it's what you do with the resource and the value you put behind it that actually makes it valuable for you. I really love that. So thank you for clearly okay. articulating that whole thing. And the reason I really love that, just that tool, so I can only imagine all the other amazing tools, is because I think back from my corporate life and I think to now running a business, one, I would not want to do a report on my activity over the last six months because I would just cry, <laughs> but it would give me a good kickstart so that, okay, in August, get your stuff together. Mm -hmm. But I think about it from a corporate standpoint, because that to me sounds like um, tracking KPIs or KPOs, Yes. right? And then you have the year-end review, but how often, even in the corporate world, do people not keep track of that stuff mm -hmm. on a monthly basis? maybe a quarterly basis, usually not. If the company is doing a six month review, maybe you get a halfway checkpoint, but most people are not tracking that. And so then at the six months or at the end of the year, you're going back through massive amounts of data, trying to figure out what you've done. And it doesn't propel you along as yeah. quickly as if you're doing it on a monthly basis. So I can only imagine that a lot of business owners are not doing that, myself included, but, I, but the value in something like that is so yeah. crucial. To your point, yeah. what's the purpose behind the, the piece of paper. You can get the yeah. resource anywhere, but what are you doing with it? Mm -hmm. so that makes sense. Okay. So you, you were with that coach for a year and a half and you mentioned like you were going through some ups and some downs. You're a six plus figure business, have been for a while in the finance world. What were some of the challenges that you hit last Ooh, year that you have oh had to work through? So on my podcast, I talk in deep, deep details about this because um, <clears throat> it really affected a lot of things. People say, money doesn't really affect like a lot. Money affects a lot more than you think it does. If you really think back to any situation that's going on, whether it's your kids going to, you know, summer school or summer camps, I keep saying summer school, but I mean, whatever, they could be going to summer school, but summer camps, or if they're going to, um, or if you want to get tutoring for your kids, or if you want to go on that vacation, money weaves its way through every single one of those conversations. I want to get therapy because I'm not feeling so great. That's a money thing. Like everything that every decision we make has something to do with money. Um, and this was one of those situations where, I mean, my husband and I are huge visionaries where we know what we want to do and how we want certain things to, to look in a year. So we have huge goals that we go after and we had to shift a lot. And one of the reasons why was because last spring I had finished my program uh, with my initial coach um, and I continued to work with her. It was, I did an amazing, like I went in her program it was her first, like, you know, iteration of the program within the first two months, I did a 20 K month. I had one of my highest cash months that I've ever had. So 20 K is revenue. I think that's super important to be transparent. It's not all at one time. This is over time. Um, everyone loves to be like 20 K cash, like calm down, <laughs> calm down. That is possible. You can do $20,000 in cash, but like, there's so much misinformation out there about that. But anyway, um, okay, wait. Explain yeah. the difference between cash and revenue real quick. Yes, then. yes, yes. Okay, this is good. So 20K cash month, meaning that I brought in $20,000, 20 Gs came into my account in one month, okay? Okay. So when people say, I made $20,000 cash months. You need to ask them, is that all in cash or is that in revenue? So in sales slash revenue, I think they're pretty much like people use them interchangeably. But if I have someone who came to me and I have a $10,000 program and they said, okay, um, I would like to work with you. I'm going to do $10,000, but they pay me over, um, you know, six months time. I can say, if I had two clients who said that I can say I got a 20 K month, but it's not all in my account right now. They've only paid me $2,000 each, right? I'm just putting that out there. So I've only had like a $4,000 month in cash, but over time I'm going to get $20,000. Those are two very different scenarios that we're dealing with. Gotcha. That's good. So, 
Yeah. So on social, we love to say, oh yeah, I did 20K cash months. And I'm like, please ask for clarification when people say that <laughs> uh, because it's not all the same. So anyway, so I had done it very well in this program, being able to like get sign up after sign up after sign up. And I was feeling really good. Um, and I was fully booked. It was one of those high pinnacle moments, right? Um, so I'm like, let's go here. Let's go do the thing. I'm feeling great. And as entrepreneurs, we know what's happening next, right? You get complacent. You get like, I'm amazing. Everything's going to run on autopilot. I signed up for a program that was an $18,000 program, a continuation of my coach's program. And she was like, you're ready for this. You're ready. And then I was like, all right, so I'm focusing all in on this. I have kind of slowed down some of my lead generation, my, my, like, I've slowed down all of the things, the activities that I was doing beforehand. We know where this is going. And so now I'm on the hook, right? I'm in this program. I am with other women who are like making insane amounts of money. And I'm over here like, oh my gosh, I can't. It wrecked my mm -hmm. mindset. And I had a low point where I was just like, I can't do this. Like throw it all, burn it all. And I could have quit. I could have told her at any point, I'm sorry. This just, it's too much for me. My brain cannot... I can't like, it's really hard for me. And she would have been like, I understand. Like, let's give, you know, let's help. But I didn't, I kept pushing through. Cause I was like, no, I made a commitment. I'm going to be here. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to, you know, but I, I worked with the wrong clientele. Um, I even had people pay me in cash, but didn't show up. It wrecked with me. I don't know how you can pay someone in full a six to $8,000 program and then not show up. And I'm like, and they're like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And I'm like, I I'm so confused. How do you, Right. How do you do that? I don't know. Okay. But, right. Okay. I was like, I don't know what to do. Point there. here. You were working with people who could afford you, but who were not ready to work. And I think that's an important distinction to make. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. And and so then, you know, like I was just like, who is my ideal client? Because I thought this was my ideal client, but they're not showing up. And then the people who I thought were ideal, um, or who were ideal are like, oh my gosh, I'm having a hard time paying. Like it was just like issue after issue after issue. And then personally, this affects me personally. I'm not able to show up to the goals and whatever that we've had because I'm like, I can't even see past this week. Like it was, it was hard. And I tried to like push through as best as I could, you know, and really try to like, so it's interesting in that moment, I found what I do when I'm at my lowest. And we could probably argue that's not my lowest, but I will say it's pretty low in the last three years that I've been in business. Yeah. Um, cause in a grand scheme of things, I get it. People have had interesting things and situations, but for me personally, it was not my norm. I'm normally very happy, go lucky, cheery. Everything's great. I literally had like three to six months of just like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what I did was I dug deeper into learning and to, um, in inspiring myself. So I read a lot of books. Like I, Oh, I have literally all of them sitting right there. Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, um, Everyday Millionaire. Um, that why we were almost going to read Think and Grow Rich. The thing that's amazing is that my husband was like, I want to read them too. And I thought it was great. So he was like supportive and like reading these with me. I was like, you're so best. Um, what else did I read? Um, oh, shoot. I literally have them right there. Uh, but it's like in a closet. So I had to listen or think about it. Um, building a story brand. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Okay. Those are good. Three good ones. But yeah. those are think thinking not thinking gorish secrets of a millionaire mind blew literally blew my mind. It was just such a good book, like such a good book. I could read it over and over and over again and get something new out of it. Um, 
anyway, so I read a lot and I repositioned my devotional time. Like I made that a huge priority. Like I would, I really, really had to take care of my mind. I, cause I, it was easy to go to, you suck, you're horrible and you're never going to amount to anything. So I had to protect myself and keep pushing myself forward. Um, so as a result, we weren't able to meet a lot of our personal goals that we had. Um, but that was, that was hard on me too. Cause I was like, oh, it's all because of me, you know, there's a whole host of guilt, but as a result, I've been able to be an even better coach in helping my clients now because I ramped back up and now clients are coming in. And I'm like, geez, this is a roller coaster. <laughs> and so the next question is, how do I prevent the roller coaster? I'm good oh, with shit. a train that mm -hmm. just goes straight. Mm -hmm. Everybody would love that. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Yeah, but we wouldn't give God the praise as no. much if we didn't mm -mm. have the valleys. Sadly, mm. it'd be great if we were human beings who just praised him as hard as we could on the mountaintops, but we're mm -hmm. not. Mm-mm. I, I appreciate that you, as you just said, you become a better coach because of what you went through. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you said that, you know, you protected your space. Like you mm -hmm. dug into reading and changed your devotional time. But Kim, I'm sure there were days, or maybe there weren't, but I'm curious. Were there days mm -hmm. where you didn't want to do anything or you oh, just yeah. didn't do anything? You were mm -hmm. just like, nobody's here. I'm just going to not. I'm just going to not. Rest is important in any, in any case, even if you're on the highest mountain rest is important right like it's important on the way up and on wherever you are to take a second to just like breathe and let it marinate <laughs> whatever ever space you're in even even in the grief right so even in all of that like it's important to just be like I'm really sad right now and this is really annoying and I don't like it <laughs> and that's honestly the time when I would pull up my notebook and I'd be like I'm really upset with the world right now. This is not going right. This is not going right. This is not going right. And it honestly gives you, it's cathartic. It's like a therapeutic probably is a better word, but it's just like, it's nice to be able to just release all of that and just be in that moment. So yeah, there were moments where I was like, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm just gonna, I learned that standing out in the sun and going for a walk is like my favorite way of just soaking. Um, so I would do a lot of that. <laughs> But I was just feeling it and I was like, it's not going to happen today. I'm just going to go stand out in the sun and lay out and just be like, this is all I want right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the fact that you leaned into that and, and it's hard, especially I know from an entrepreneurial mindset, because we always mm -hmm. think I need to be doing because what I do or don't do today is going to compound in a month from now, a year from now. But as we talked about earlier, you, you come back refreshed. Your ideas are fresher after mm -hmm. a rest. And even if it's just that afternoon, standing in the mm -hmm. sun, mm -hmm. just... Mm -hmm. Just yeah. letting, letting that emotion go. Um, because I know as believers, I, the Lord had taught me this, said it to me, don't always remember it, but I do know it. He will redeem the time. Mm -hmm. So oh, right? yeah. when we rest, when we seek him, we take that time. He can do in this blink of an eye more than we, what our 72 hours or 72 days straight of just striving mm -hmm. will do if we will yes. just rest. And that's so in encouraging, him. right? Which is why... There's a lot of people who use affirmations and I'm like, yeah, I really like, I want to root myself in scripture. So mm -hmm. I found um, some affirmations on Spotify, like, um, what's it called? But just like, just like mindful affirmations that were scriptural based. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, if you listen to it, it's kind of corny, but it's like music, like really exciting music. And it's like, but it's scriptures and it's mm -hmm. like words that like you will persevere because this scripture says this and that I would literally write those scriptures down and recite them to myself every single day, because to me, those were my affirmations if I could read it in scripture, because that is, that is true, right? To me, yep. that is like, that, that is truth. And so that was, that was 
really what helps me to be like, all right, like in the middle of the storm, I have to ground myself into something that I know is going to withhold, um, with no withhold is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to weather, uh, that's a better word, the storm that is, that is brewing right now. And honestly, it was a really great, like I said, you have to view everything from not just this is the end it's over, but I was like, okay, this is, this is a, this is a spiritual battle within myself, like recognizing that and being like, okay, well, what do I do? I know exactly what weapon to use in this situation. So yes. I'm just going to sit tight and be in the storm. Um, and then, you know, so again, going back to what I said, the beginning where, you know, the two sides of you are battling, I'm familiar with this feeling of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm ready to do something. And I know exactly how to be like, nope, nope, I know what to do to like walk myself through this. So I don't end up in that spiral that I was in last year. Like, we uh, don't need to do that again. <laughs> absolutely. Because yeah. you've learned, but you fought through it and, yeah. and you learned from it. That is good. So you talked about your, um, so your husband and you had some goals, okay, with the tumultuous and now moving on to triumphant last year, you didn't get those. How did you, rec how did you reconcile? Okay, mm -hmm. we didn't get there. I feel like I had a part in that, mm -hmm. but I still need to now move forward. How did you reconcile and go through that? Yeah, um, so one of the things that um, is big with my husband and I is communication. Um, that's one of the reasons why we started our podcast is to talk about it because we recognized how that's not something that's common. Um, communication, not really necessarily, but like communication about money mm -hmm. can be a very hard topic for marriages. And again, it touches everything. So if you can't have a, a, a clear conversation with your spouse around the finances, I can guarantee you behind the scenes, there's a lot of stuff going on that you are not completely happy with. And if you had a situation like my personal situation, it would not have looked pretty. It, there would have been a lot of self-harm or a lot of self-like deprivation happening behind the scenes for you that you might not have been able to reveal to your spouse because you don't want them to know. And I'm just going to say it very blankly, even though that's not what happened, you failed, you know? You would feel such guilt and failure there. I felt those, but I was able to bring that to the table of like, this is how I feel and get reassurance because we talk about our goals and our money and all that stuff so deeply that he was like, you didn't fail. Like we're in a season. It's okay. Let's work through this together. So as we reconciled, it took a lot of additional strategizing to be like, okay, this is not going to happen this month, but it's okay. Like, it's fine. One of the things um, about talking about money is the fact that you know, my husband and I paid off a ton of debt when we were first married. Uh, we had $76,000 worth of debt. We paid it off in 28 months. That was at the beginning of our marriage. From that point on, we've been debt-free and we've been able to have a very clear understanding of where our money is going. So even now, as we have two kids and, you know, we've paid off our home, but a mortgage, whatever, we have been able to learn how to live below our means in a way that makes us feel very comfortable even with that. So in moments where my business was not bringing in as much as I was used to bringing in and I was feeling like we weren't able to put additional towards these goals that we were going after, it was nice to be able to sit down and be like, man, this is a really rough season. And him and us being able to sit down at the table and just go, but we haven't established emergency fund. We're fine. Bills are paid months in advance. Your business paid months in advance. You are okay. Like, and that was like something that we had to continuously, like rep repetitiously say to myself, I'm okay. I can, this is just like you said, like redeeming the time, all that work that we did previously and all of the work that we've been doing up until this point created, even though it was a rough season, it wasn't as tumultuous as it could have been. If we had a whole bunch of additional debt that we were having to online for and whatever, like that would have been absolutely, oh my gosh, that would have been horrible. Like not that going back to a nine to five is the worst case scenario. It's, it's not like, if you have to go get a job, go get a job. But it definitely would have been one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to have to put this on pause. Like, I'm going to have to just say no, like, and wouldn't have been horrible, like I said, but 
that's not necessarily what I wanted to do. And I am thankful that because of our communication, because of what we've done in the past, we were able to push through. Um, and we just made plans and just, you know, grew the timeline so we could do it this year. And we did most of it. I mean, we, I tell them all the time, I think we girl bossed too close to the sun, babe. <laughs> like, you did what? We've done, we've girl bossed too close to the sun. Like it's a phrase that people say, you know, okay. <laughs> I girl bossed too close to the sun. I got too powerful. No, but um, <laughs> this past year in seven months, we've done a lot um, and really made up for last year's not being able to do all the things we decided to do. Um, which is nice, uh, that we've been able to do that. And it just really shows again, that redeeming quality of like, okay, like we, if we, we can conquer anything, anything, mm -hmm. like as long as we just like keep communicating and stick together. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, um, infringing or promoting, I'm good with promoting on your podcast, but for your podcast, for you and your husband, have you guys talked about what you've done this year or are you mm -hmm. like, okay, great. So then oh, I yeah. can, okay. Yeah. So what have you done this year? That's so great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You can ask me any questions. I'm an open book. Um, so we paid for, well, one thing that was kind of like sad, his father passed away earlier this year. And oh, I think I spoke to you about that a while ago. And, um, but we were able, I was able to send, like I told him several times, go see your dad, go see your dad. Like we weren't sure what was going on yet, but he was in the hospital and I was like, you need to go. And it, being able to go, I got you a ticket, I got you a ticket every other week for like two months. I'm so, so blessed that we were able to do that. Um, and had the funds available to do that. And then, um, so we did all of that, you could call it vacationing, <laughs> traveling for that. But then we also went to, um, we renovated our bathroom because we wanted to get it ready to be rented out. We um, put a deposit down for a secret um, travel thing that I'm not going to say out loud because my daughter's in the other room. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, but we're doing something fun for that. And then um, I... Uh, there's been so many other things that we did. We bought a van. I was like, what was the other thing? We bought a vehicle. We have been wanting a van. That was our last year goal. That was one of our main ones that we wanted to do. And it just wasn't time. It just wasn't time. It just, it, it wouldn't have been right. And this past June, we were able to say, like, give me the car. <laughs> have you always dreamed of doing voiceover from home, but have no idea how to get started? My name's Jesse Carroll, and I put together the perfect course for you. It's called the Voiceover Jumpstart Course. It's a course that's designed to take you from knowing absolutely nothing about voiceover all the way to everything you need to know to be a working professional in only six weeks. So if you want more information, head over to jessiecarrollcoaching.com and you can even book a one-on-one -on -one call with me if you want to find out if it's right for you. So thanks for listening to the Coach Up Podcast and hope to see you in the course. A van. so nice. A van, yes. You're, you're excited about a van. I have two kids. <laughs> yes, I'm excited about a van. My best friend. Also loves her van. She has three kids. So I don't understand. I don't have children, but y'all can have it. Either. I did not understand it either. Let me tell you. I was like, uh, um, we had an SUV and we were fine. But let me tell you three or four, you know, road trips down, you know, seven, eight hour road trips down to South Carolina with a three and a six year old bickering in the back seat because no one, so one's touching me. Like, I'm like, no, we can't do this. We can't do this anymore. Like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, it's the separation of seats. Is that what it's that is? It's the separation of seats. Like, <laughs> okay, I didn't know. That's what that, yes. okay. So this past time we went down to South Carolina in July, we had the two separate seats and we have uh, like the USB things in the back. So they're electronics. We got them, I got them tablets, which I swore I'd never do. <laughs> and then I but, started traveling and I said, yes, I will. <laughs> yes I will and I got that and they got their little headphones they had their little tablets it was like living in luxury I was like oh is this is what it's like to be in a silent car we can listen to our music and they're not saying I want kids stop like it was the most smoothest drive 
ever. <laughs> I live and die by the minivan. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love Yeah. It's Congratulations. Thank I'm glad you. you have that new piece of heaven on earth in your life. <laughs> it most certainly is a piece of heaven on earth. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it sounds like, as you said, you all were able to now do even more than mm -hmm. what you thought last year. Kim, you talked about a couple of things that are listed as some of the top reasons that people get divorced that you and your husband are doing and have done. And I would imagine we can credit a lot of it to your business. Um, I won't say a lot, he has his equal share, but you bring to the table because this is your world. Communication and finances. Like mm -hmm. those are two of the, in the top five reasons that couples break up, marriages mm -hmm. fail, and you guys are doing them in tandem. Mm -hmm. You are tackling your finances together and talking about them, mm -hmm. which, completely I'm sure changes the game yeah. for your marriage it sure does <laughs> yeah so one at this point can you tell people what it is that you do um yeah. we just jumped right in we we did <laughs> and then I want to go back to that so yeah. I understand some context yes okay so um my program I'm Kimberly Graham and I am a profit coach. So I'm not a financial coach. I'm not going to be the one you come to talk to you about investments and 401ks and all that stuff. But I'm the person that will be a very good asset to you before you get to that point. Because if you don't have an understanding of your day-to-day -day finances in your business or in your home, you will not be able to sit at the table with those other financial people who are going to help build your business for sustainability. So um I help my female entrepreneurs and their spouses, apparently, because they like to come to the table and I want, I want the communication. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I help my entrepreneurs and their spouses understand how to manage their money in a way that makes sense to them because not everyone learns the same way. So my goal is to help my clients understand how to manage their money, save, spend, uh, work on that mindset when it comes to the spending, um, not feeling guilt, having communication with their spouse and their partners um, so that they're able to invest and invest consistently without stopping being able to pay themselves consistently um, and have sustainability in both their home and their business finances, resulting in them becoming millionaires because if they're investing more and they're able to actually, you know, embark on any of those other real estate goals that they have, if that's what they have, they're going to hit that millionaire milestone way faster if they have these tools. So that's what I do in context. <laughs> Did you and your husband, were you all on the same page with this before you got married or nope. did it come when? No, we were definitely not on the same page. Uh, I was scared of money. I was afraid of, of like amassing debt. And I was also afraid of saving and spending. Like, I was like, how much should I save? How much should I spend? But I really like shopping. <laughs> so can I okay. do that? But I feel guilt when I shop because there's not as much in my savings. And so I was always all over the place. Now this is like college kid. Okay. So imagine a 20, 21 year old kid, like trying to figure out like money. It can be really overwhelming. Um, I got married when I was 22. So my husband and I are finishing, uh, we're in out of college. I've been out of college for a year. Um, and we get married and I'm still like, I don't really know how this melding together finances work. And he comes to the table six months later after our marriage, cause he had just graduated and goes, Hey, I have $76,000 of student loan debt to which I was like, Oh my God, this is literally my worst nightmare. Right. Um, and it was all private loans, so we couldn't consolidate them or anything. So it was scary. Oh. All of that. I was like, this is the worst. Um, wait, wait. Private loans is in not government loans? Mm -hmm. Who, yeah. Where do you get private, where do you get $76,000 in private loans from? They're all separate. I'm sure some of them were from Sally Mae, which is now Navient. Um, but some of them are private loans. So we couldn't, some of them were that, but some of them were private loans. So his parents probably made too much to get 
additional right. funding. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's actually a funny, like additional story after that. But once we, we took a Dave Ramsey course, that was the only thing that was available and our church was throwing it. And I was like, all right, I'll go there. We were the youngest ones there. And if you could have like felt the stares in that room of these like, you know, 50 something plus year old people in there looking at us going, if you guys don't take this and run with it and actually put these principles to work, I'm going to slap you upside the head, like, you right. know, type of thing. So, but regardless, like that's what got us on the same page and actually started us talking about it. Cause I was so afraid of all of this money being sitting there. And he definitely didn't like that. He knew that about me and was like, oh no, I brought this into the family. Like I feel horrible. Um, but, but we worked on it together. And in 28 months, we worked really hard and we, we got it paid off as two teachers making less than 60 K together. So it was pretty, yes, I know the math does not math. I know math, people does say that not all the time. math. math is not math. And we worked a lot. <laughs> you worked jobs. at other jobs. Yes. We had lots of additional jobs. Well, yep. Tell us, tell us three of them between both. Oh, three of them, uh, between the three of us dog sitting. Well, I can tell you a lot more dog sitting, house sitting, uh, delivery. We did pizza hut delivery um okay. maintenance work I mean it was tutoring like it just kept on going any opportunity to bring in extra cash we would take it and we throw it directly at the debt um right. we moved houses to smaller spaces we dropped cars like we did the thing you did all the things okay mm -hmm. in so 28 months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know the math right. does not math but it was there but it, it obviously because it's gone the debt <laughs> it's gone. gone I tell you that I have the I have the receipts to prove it. We have a binder of our of our first like three years of working together and getting it done. And let me tell you, we did the thing. And um, that was really what started us having conversations, talking about dreams, because um, that's how you get me interested in having the money conversation. Entice me with a vacation, I'm there. <laughs> a shopping spree, okay. <laughs> what do I have to do? Um, and so that's what really got us started. And then after a while I was like you know I'd like to stay home with my daughter for at least a year see what that's like I don't even know one day I'd like to have a business but I don't know what I want I just would like to have the opportunity and the choice to try it out for a year and a year turned into how many years she's what seven six six years so I've been out five okay I, I stayed home for real for real when she was a year so amazing yeah. okay so then you oh I'd like to have a business how do you go from that to actually having a business so I started off in direct sales which a lot of stay-at-home mamas do um mm -hmm. it was a great place to start I actually started off with a partnership and then um she moved and so I got sole um like I, I was owner of the company and it was a boutique and it was popular and it did the thing and it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a huge moneymaker. Um, selling is not my forefront. I really like networking and talking and people sometimes get gravitated after listening to me. Um, but I just liked it because it gave us a little bit of extra cushion. Um, I knew exactly how much I needed to bring in. Um, and that's really what started it for me because I went to some of these, um, you know, they have these conferences for this type of business. And so I went and I was like enjoying myself and I was talking to all these heavy hitters um, and I was talking to them and I, I asked, someone was getting like a, an award for like, they got $20,000. I keep using 20, $25,000 in cash sales every single month for six months. And so they were getting this award and I was like, whoa, in off. I've never heard of anyone making those types of numbers. I was like, Ooh, like amazing. So I caught up with this woman and there were several of them that got this, this thing. And I went up to one of them and I was like, Hey, congratulations on all of that. Can you tell me a little bit more about you know, how did you get to this point? How did you, whatever. And I'm just, I'm just really trying to soak in all of this knowledge. And she's like telling me all this stuff. And then something stood out to me when she said, well, yeah, I still work my nine to five. I still have like a lot of debt that I'm paying off. And 
Um, I just haven't been able to profit yet. And I'm just, just, up, I'm just still in debt and I don't know how to pay myself. And I like stepped back. And in my mind, I was like, if that's what it looks like, I don't want it. Like, mm. what's the point of making all that money and selling and doing all of this work? If you're still in debt up to your eyeballs, what's the point? <laughs> Who cares if you get a plaque? <laughs> so right. I was immediately like, is this normal? Like, so then I started like asking other people and kept hearing. And like, my brain was just like picking up on these things. Um, I, such a God thing. I got asked to go to one of their, you know, elite like cruises where the whole cruise is like booked just for this company. Um, and I went and I was just there as a guest. Um, I got, I won a spot and I brought somebody else with me and I was using it as a networking opportunity. I want to learn how to build a business. And I would ask the same question. What's your profit margin? Do you know how much you're making? What type of, like, are you debt-free? Do you have dreams of being debt-free? And when I kept hearing the same answers over and over and over again, I got a whole separate credit card just for this trip. I don't even know. I have maxed out credit cards here, there. And I, and I was like, no, no, you guys are the top 10% of the company. No, <laughs> this is not how it should be. So then I just lit a fire in my belly and I had a Moses, you know, burning bush moment where it was like, do this. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to. God, I don't have any of the tools. I can't do it. And that's what started KG Financial. I was like, all right. And I started within the company asking them questions and saying, I'd love to support you and help you. Started to get a lot of my clients being able to pay off debt, pay themselves appropriately. Like, and then it just kind of like moved over to talking to more coaches and more businesses, um, helping multi-million dollar businesses, um, being able to have the understanding of their just their back office and how to like manage their money and managing their home finances because the CEOs aren't paying themselves. Like, I'm like, no, no, that's, that's not how this should be. This is not what you prayed for when you said, I want to build this business. So let's fix that. Why do you find that so many people mm -hmm. in business, whether it's solopreneur, multi-million dollar business owner, so many people struggle with paying themselves, with balancing the budget, mm -hmm. with taking on a new credit card to pay for a trip that you got invited to because you're a top earner. Why, why do we struggle with this? Um, I would say society and we're not taught, we're not taught money. We're not taught money management skills. Um, also it's not sexy to talk about money. It's sexy to talk about money in the look at what I have, but it's not to talk about here's how I got here specifically. This is the work that I did to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. We assume that when we see people who are showcasing their wealth, that they must be debt-free. They must be the, no, right. most of that is borrowed wealth that you're looking for or that you're looking at. It's not real. Most of the stuff is, they still have liens on it or they're, they're trying to pay it off or whatever. And I'm like, that's, if that's how you want to live and you want to just make it seem like you're rich, that's, that's not how I want to be. That's not how I want to build my wealth. I want to know that all my money is mine. <laughs> like, right. I, without a doubt. And I, I want my properties and everything. Like there is a time and a place, like if people want to leverage it, there's a smart way to do it, but we're not being careless with it. And I think we, as the, especially the middle-class get so caught up in the, what it looks like, the, the Joneses, whatever you want to call it. We get caught up in that comparison trap instead of really, really thinking, but what do we want? And are your current habits actually leading you to what you actually desire because I don't think that if you get to this mountaintop experience of I made a million dollars you want to be thinking in the back of your head but I have all of these bills due and I have all this debt and I have what is that really do you want to feel the way you're feeling right now right. when you are at that moment if that's if you can't say yes 
then you should probably have a conversation with yourself about how am I managing my money and am I okay with this? Um, and remedying that now because more money is simply going to amplify the lack of habits and strategies and money management that you have. Mm, to your point, I was just talking to um, another coach, not on the podcast, but another coach having a conversation and they were talking about their expenses. And so they have built a six-figure business in not coaching, but in what their skill set is. And I love I love transparency. So thank you today for your transparency. Um, and they were saying, they were saying, you know, but I have to clear my expenses monthly as a minimum of 10 grand. And mm -hmm. so uh, I can do math really, I, I'm not great at math. Amazing. I am good. I will speak that over my life. I'm not great, but I can do, okay. 10 times 12 is 120. So six figures, you spend in six figures. So I pray to the Lord Jesus, you're making double than that, but I do not know. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was just sort of like a little tweak of, to your point, revenue versus cash, right? Mm -hmm. Manage, managing the money. What's the reality of the situation? Because so often we do see or we hear, oh, they're making X, Y, and Z. They're bringing that in. Mm -hmm. Is that what they're keeping? It's not how much money you make, it's how much you keep. Mm -hmm. So what I'm curious, just a few, because there's no way we could go into anything deeply, but just like one or two of the things that when you talk about people having to do the work um, that you work with your clients on that people can hear and say, oh, I'm probably not doing that or I'm not doing that with my finances. I'm not looking at my finances that way, but they need to start to get on the right track to fix the finances if they're not where they want to be. Yeah. So if you already find that you're like, oof, if this is like, you know, stinging you in your heart a little bit where you're like, oh shoot, you're like looking right at me. I feel like I have an x-ray. Um, you want to start by tracking your expenses. The best thing I love to tell people to do, and this is if this is if you are really diehard, want to see better for your finances. This is what I would say for those people. Go back the last 30 days of expenses. Get all now. Here's there are a couple of things that are going to happen here. So people either ask me a couple of questions when I have my clients do this as an exercise, they'll say, well, Kim, I have, you know, a credit card that I use for blah, 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 blah. And then I have my, my checking account, but then I also have this other account. I'm already like, yeah, you don't know what's going on with your money because you have like six different accounts, but you have no real simulation of what it is because even doing this task makes you want to sweat. <laughs> so that tells me you're robbing Peter to pay Paul all the time. <laughs> but anyway, so you want to take out like all of those statements. And then I want you to like get on a, on a single, like you can call it a spreadsheet. You can do it on a piece of paper, whatever you want to call it and categorize each expense. Is this food? Is this business expense? Is this, and I'm just talking about business right now. You could do the same exact carbon copy activity for your home finances, but that's a separate piece of paper because business owners, if you don't know this, your business and your home should be separate. They should not be together. Maybe that was a nice little nugget for someone, <laughs> but, um, but you know, like your food and going out as a business owner, um, grocery, not groceries, I'm sorry, um, your expenses, your coaching fees, whatever it happens to be. So you're going to literally go through line by line and write it all out and write the amount that you spend and total it all up. If, if in 30 days of doing this, I have some clients who like, I'll give them the spreadsheet and they're like, I need more rows. I need more rows. I need more rows. And I'm like, are you getting it? Mm. You don't really know how much you're spending. Yes. Right. You know, you spend a lot, but you don't really know, you know, your basic expenditures, but you don't really know what's happening on that miscellaneous category. That is so fuzzy to you. What did I buy on Amazon last month? <laughs> like, I have no idea. Right. These are the things that are causing you to be um, 
not they're, they're causing you to be further and further behind from your financial goals so yeah you might be bringing in money but if you have no idea where it's going once it reaches your account and the only time you recognize that you've made over six figures is when you talk to your ta tax accountant and you're like i made that much what the heck <laughs> or you only look at your p l like that's not enough like you need to be you need to be very aware of where you're spending your money in your home and in your business so that's like a perfect first activity to be aware that oh okay i do have money i've just been spending it a lot of different places okay and then nobody wants to really cut their spending you may you may list some things and say mm -hmm. okay maybe i don't need to do that we don't really want to cut our spending nobody wants so then kimberly once that's done and then we look at it then what do i have to do so, so I have a couple of things and this is like the coach that, again, you know, we talked about at the beginning, like that nice side of me and then the, 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 the side of me that wants to be like, come on. Right. So it's easy to do it on a podcast. Cause I'm not talking to a client. <laughs> so You can be as real as you need to be. The real thing that I want to say is how bad do you want it? <laughs> like how bad do you want your, your ideal goal? Like how bad do you want your financial freedom? Because in that financial freedom, you can say yes to a whole lot more things with so much more gusto than if you are just blindly spending your money. When you're blindly spending your money, you're like, I think, I don't know, I guess I have, whatever, YOLO, you you, you will YOLO yourself <laughs> to believe that this is a good thing and then get upset when you get a statement and you're like, how am I supposed to pay all of this? This was all you, boo. Like nobody else did this but you. <laughs> like, like, so and why do that for yourself? So you have to ask yourself, and I have people dream, what do you really desire for yourself? How do you want to feel when it comes to looking at your bank account, going to the register, going to a nice fancy restaurant? Like, how do you want to feel going to, you know, your ideal flight uh, place and saying, I want to, I want a one way or maybe whatever. It depends on what you want. <laughs> I want a first class ticket to blah, blah, blah. You know, like, what does that actually look like to you? Um, if that's the case, then you need to dissect what you currently have in front of you and you need to put on your big girl ceo panties and i can live without this for you know a certain amount of time to get to my desired goal the identifying what you want to be able to spend your money on mm -hmm. um i think it's good because i i don't know who i heard say it but when you think about oh, i want to pay off debt like that doesn't for some people that mm -hmm. is a motivator but for a lot of people it's just work or it's just the expected and there's not a ton of joy because you get to i heard somebody say this they said you get to be in debt free and you're still just looking at zeros mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and i was like yep. that's that's a point mm -hmm. um and so ultimately as you teach you, you're working on your finances so you can invest so you can get to that millionaire earlier right mm -hmm. those zeros can stack up versus just being flat line across okay i don't owe anybody but i don't have anything either now we want to exactly yeah it takes a it takes a minute to to kind of get there what i teach my clients instead of seeing it as that like oh it's just a whole bunch of zeros that i'm getting to and now I'm, i have nothing right so instead i ask them to once they get to a feasible moment where maybe they don't have as much debt as money that they're bringing in I might ask them to start investing so they can feel like they're doing both things at the same time, depending on my clients and the way that they, they think <laughs> I have different learners. So it just depends on that. But the other thing that I have them do is I want them to, this is why I have them dream at the very first, uh, first, uh, sessions that we have together. What do you desire for your life and all that stuff? What are the things that you like? The thing like, do I like going to Starbucks? I, I love getting my mocha lattes or whatever, or I love, I want to go get massages every month, or I just had a client do, um, 
she's like, I went to this really nice store and I just, I bought like $400 worth of things. And I felt so like, oh my gosh, should I do this or whatever? And I was like, yes, yeah, I want you to throw that out of your vocabulary. I want you to throw those thought processes out. And I want you to plan for those luxury purchases. Even if you don't actually make them every single month, I want you to embed it. Even if at first it's only 50 bucks, right? A month. And you're putting the rest of it towards debt. Once that first like debt is gone, let's just say we put a little bit extra towards that so that we can feel like my wealth, my feeling of wealth is rising as the debt is going down, right? So that way you don't get stuck in that feeling of, oh, I just paid it off, but like, what do I have? To, like I'm done, but like now I feel like I've just ran a marathon and I have like, I'm just full of sweat, right? Like I want my clients to be able to live their wealthy, whatever that looks like to them lifestyle. Let's find a way to infuse it now because you're more likely to stay on task if you mm. are able to give yourself a little bit of a way to go every once in a while. Um, so I told my client, I was like, I'm not mad that you spent $400, right? It's fine. Next month we'll, you know, recalibrate or whatever. She was just, you know, really nervous. But I said, I want you to make a wealth list of things that you want to purchase of, and I want you to put numbers next to it. I want you to go window shopping and I want you to just make a little wish list for yourself so that next month we can say, what do you want off of your wealth list? I want you to go get it. No guilt, knowing that you're still being able to do so many other things. And to see my clients be able to go, oh my gosh, I don't have to give up everything. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to like. I want you to enjoy the process and feel this is what it can feel like. And the more that I get rid of this debt, the more I get to feel this. <laughs> so it's more I'm, of like that, that discipline, it, it brings the motivation, but also brings discipline into it as well. And where did you learn this? Where did you get this knowledge? <laughs> because I'm a spender. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am not the mathematical, logical genius. That is not my, that is my husband. He should have been the one to do this. But mm. for whatever reason, the calling was bestowed upon me because I like to spend money. I like to go on vacation. <laughs> So I understand that mm -hmm. mind so much more because I like to spend money. <laughs> oh, that's good though, because the God doesn't qualify to call. God doesn't call to qualify. He qualifies to call. All the call. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I got you. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but it's so interesting because because you are a spender, right? That this is the work that mm -hmm. you do and because of your discipline and obedience to doing it you get to bless others to help mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. that's that's amazing because yes i would think this would come from somebody who's typically a saver or just naturally mm -hmm. i don't i manage money well or i i hold on to it but for a spender to be intentional about mm -hmm. planning how you allocate funds that's impressive ma'am yes i i love when I tell you that, like that, that is the carrot that dangles in front. When is my next vacation? <laughs> like I'm constantly planning vacations for myself or spa treatments. Uh, I love taking myself on CEO retreats. I haven't done it in a minute. I need to do it again where I take myself out like, and I take myself to a hotel and I go to a spa. I get myself room service. And I just, I just have the time of my life. My kids aren't with me. My husband, I'm like, you can come if you want to, but you got to leave. Like <laughs> after a while, like this is my night. It is the most. I mean, to me, that's luxury right there. Mm -hmm. Just give me the okay. nice hotel. Yes, I am. I and I love what she said, <laughs> a CEO retreat, because I want business mm -hmm. owners to hear this. Like mm -hmm. as part of your business, you go to conferences, you get training. You mm -hmm. also need to take a retreat. Yep. Treat, restore, all of that. Yep. That's good. That is really good. Yep. Have you hit that subscribe button? If you have not subscribed to the Coach Up podcast so that you get notified every single time a new episode drops, 
make sure you do that right now. And if you're enjoying this episode, leave a review. Your opinion, your thoughts help us to become better and to find the people that you want to hear from to help us talk about the topics that are important to you and to bring you the information you want. So be sure to subscribe, leave a review. Thanks for listening to the Coach Up Podcast. So as you went through your process, you, I love the question that you asked about when you were networking, you had a specific question. I wanted to make sure I came back to that so people would hear this. Like you were asking people, what are your profit margins? You had heard information that you knew you knew how to fix in a conversation. And then you got curious and then you started asking specific questions during your networking that allows you to see that there were opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. What made you decide to do a coaching business because you could have done the model any other way? Yes, that's a great question. I could have done a membership. I could have done uh, just a course and I have done those before. I started with a membership. I was $27 and I thought everyone would flock to it. I added in the fact that you could work with me for $99 and I thought people would flock to it because I think a lot of people in my uh, field want to help any and everyone who will listen because we know that our, um, that, that we are literally bringing the fire. Like we know that if you do what we tell you to do, you're going to change the trajectory of your life. Okay. This isn't something that goes out of style. <laughs> um, and so I suffered <laughs> doing that because when I did the course, when I did the, uh, the memberships, when I did the one-off, like, you know, whatever, I would get people who were desperate, but not willing to do the work. They just wanted someone to hear that they were having a, a crazy time and that life was going crazy for them and that whatever. And I was like, spare me I, I care but spare me let's get to work like that's what I'm here to help you do and I want to help you in a way that makes sense to you but that would just get more, more excuses so I was like okay this is not the right place for me to do this because and even in a group you would get people who were so interested the very first one but then they didn't do the work and so then they would trickle off by the second or third session and I was like nope this does not make me feel good. like it just wasn't aligned for me when I, I chose to do coaching because I wanted to work with people who were ready to see transformation, who just like me, when I said that I needed a coach who was like in my corner with me so that I could say, I'm struggling. And she was able to say, you're fine. Keep going. You've got this. I want to be that person for someone else. And I think that's my educator roots is that when I see a child in my classroom, that's not doing a tot, what do I do? I say, come to my seats, come to my desk let me help you with this. I want to coach you through it when the group may have, you know, they have to be there. So they can't leave. But for my kids who need a little bit more support, I say, come sit at my desk. And I want to be that. That's where that comes in. If, if you feel like every other way has just like gone over your head, you need to be in my container because I won't let you slip through your fingers, slip through my fingers. Um, and that's where I found the most validation and value for my clients, but also I felt like this feels good because I'm able to see my clients succeed, which helps me understand, okay, we've made transformation. And for me, that's really important to know that that's happening. Yeah. So how did then did you switch from the membership into the one-on-one -on -one coaching? Uh, so I did the membership for a little bit and then I had a couple of one-on-one -on -one clients and again, for like $250 a month, it was, I, I laugh at myself with what I did um, <laughs> at that time. And it was, this, this was in 2020. So this was right before everything just went kaput. Um, and then I got my first coach in 2020. 
And that was when I shifted. She was like, you need to be in the coaching space, not the membership space. Um, I still kept the membership for certain clients at a, uh, for a little bit, but then it tinkered off. And then I was like, I actually really enjoy working one-on-one with people. So I just kept that going. Um, I have done master classes where it's like maybe three or four people I've done. Um, I partnered with people and done stuff and that's fine. Um, but my main like bread and butter, the, the, the place that I come alive is in coaching. I do feel like eventually what will happen next in the next iteration, because I'm not going to be able to service everyone and keep my schedule open the way I'd like. Um, and so it's either raise my prices or, (laughs) um, or hire on other coaches as support coaches to help them with other places that I know that would be supportive for them. So it does turn into a hybrid type of experience. Um, but I, I feel like that because I've built up what I do with the one-on-one so well, I feel very confident that that iteration won't be as muddy as it was when I first decided to do a type of membership or whatever um, concept. Yeah. I'm going to say congratulations now on the expansion of your business as you start to bring more people on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This is the last question before we will go to the quick fire round. How do you, Kimberly, how do you get people to pay for help to help with their finances. Their pay- this all the time. I can hear people saying, uh-huh. you want me to, you're the profit coach and you want me to get debt free, but you want me to pay you to help me get debt free. How does that work? So funny to me that people loved, I just think it's hilarious because it's like, if you needed to go to the doctor for something, you wouldn't be like, doc, I'm sorry. Uh, my my arm is it needs to be amputated. But I mean, I just can't, like you would go get the help, right? If you know that you need help, go get help, right? Do you, so one of the things that I, I always have to tell my clients and I have to infuse this in my messaging all the time, do you believe that you have money? First of all, if you are making consistent income and you believe that you are, that you should be at a point where you are further along in your lifestyle, your business than where you currently are, then you need to have someone that you trust that's going to help you not just bring you an ROI and bring in that money back, but help you elevate the understanding of what you're doing with your money so that you never have to be in the situation again. So I, I always meet my clients where they are in that fear of like, but I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at, Kim. <laughs> How am I supposed to get over there? And I'm like, trust me, I need you to take my hand. I'm, I'm a person who loves to, I don't want to say negotiate. I love communication if you can't tell. So like communicate with me, what can you do? What can you do? Can you trust me with something? Um, if the first payment is 1100 and you're like, I can do six, trust me with the six, I will blow your mind with the six and we will continue moving forward. I don't, it's not about the money to me. I'm fine. (laughs) I want you to get in the program. So as long as you are ready and willing to be disciplined and going after what you need to go after, we're going to be just fine, but you need to take that first step. So I agree. It does take a little bit of like, ah, to do it, which is why I work with clients who are, who are seriously ready for that transformation and who are already bringing in solid income from either, you know, different sources. Yeah. How do you qualify your people? That, yeah. So that's a a good question. So I normally hang out with people who are already in the six-figure category or who are approaching that six-figure category. I normally see them online all the time. So um, I qualify them by just asking them questions. A lot of times they will follow me. (laughs) Majority of my clients, I never actually connected with, and it might've taken some time, but they've heard and seen me over and over and over again, see my clients and they just pop up in my DMs. Okay, Kim, I'm ready. I I, I surrender. <laughs> Let's talk. Um, and they're like scared and they're like, okay, do the thing. Um, but I also am very 
I want to create relationships with them. So a lot of times I qualify my clients just by asking them questions about how's their business? How do they feel about this? As I talk about different things on my content and they like it or they comment and I'm like, hey, tell me how this fits with your personal lifestyle. Like, do you find that it's hard to have a conversation with your spouse? Why is that? Um, would you want to talk more about that? So it's a lot of those types of things to really bring my content into our conversation um, and helping them see that it, there is a way out of this. They don't have to stay in the same cycle of like being confused about their finances. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's sometimes a, a longer process to gain those clients. I have to really get that no and that trust in there before they're like, okay, I'm willing to to take a chance on you. Yeah, but like you said, you also have to qualify them to make sure that they're the right fit. So you're not going through the, mm -hmm. this does not feel good. Why are you paying me and not showing up process? Oh, oh yes, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I actually started doing a contract, um, a contract of belief before we even get on a call. So if they say yes, and they've maybe paid the first installment, I have them take their a contract of belief. Like I am willing to do the things um, I am will. It's like a whole host of questions and they have to sign it. Like this is the, this is the place that I would like to be by the end of the time that I'm working with him. And it's all of the things that they said that they are willing to do and they sign it. So that way I'm able to tell them, listen, you've asked me to hold you accountable to show up. This is what you have stated. You're not following your end of the bargain. So I don't feel like I'm at fault or guilty because I'm coming, like I'm saying, hey, show up. But I'm also not going to be the one knocking on your door 5 million times. Like that's not, I'm not your babysitter. You either want it or you don't. So it's that type of, again, you're hearing the the other side of Kim that's like, that tries yeah. to show up on content. But that's literally how I feel inside. Like I'm not your mom. <laughs> Period. I'm a coach. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do the thing. <laughs> okay. I love it. That was a full circle from where we started yeah. at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so a great segue into, okay, now we're going to go to the before you right. go quick around question. All right. Let's go. Kim, one tool or app that you would not do business without right now? Uh, right now it would be um, Mint. Well, no, I actually live with that one now. Acuity, which I think answers another question because I was looking at this before. Um, wait, 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 wait. Answer the, ask the question again because now I have one. <laughs> Tool or app, one of them that you would not do business without. Okay, Facebook. That's me. Oh, you completely switched that I up. I did. I did. What? I switched. I switched Facebook. Facebook? Because, yes, I know people are like, oh, why not LinkedIn? Why not Instagram? Facebook is where I have majority of like my clients. That's where I feel very comfortable. So I would say Facebook because I don't think that I would be able to. I like online business. I don't personally, like, it's not that I don't want to do in person, but I like Facebook. So I feel like if I could do, I would not be able to do my business without Facebook. Do you have a group or are you just active in communities? I, yes, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> I have a group and I'm active. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Can anybody join your group or do you, yeah, is it for your clients? What's your no, group it's then? For anyone. Six figure finances for the female entrepreneur. Learn how to keep and manage your money. <laughs> Six figure finances for the female entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Learn how to keep and manage, manage your finances. Love it. Okay. Now go find that. All right. So Facebook, there it is. That's it. What tool do you use to collect payments from your clients? I use HoneyBook. You were the third coach that has oh, talked really? about this. Yes. <laughs> so then your scheduling is also done through HoneyBook. Actually, no. My scheduling is actually done through Acuity. Okay. The reason being is because I've used Acuity longer. And for whatever reason, like my assistant handles my HoneyBook. And I just haven't gotten over to the scheduling train for that yet. But I've had Acuity for so long. I love that it blocks certain times out of my day. Like I'm able to change things very easily. And I haven't really seen, because I think it connects to Calendly. Maybe HoneyBook doesn't. I have to, I, I'm going to have to dive into that. But Acuity is my my tool of choice for scheduling. Okay. 
Okay. All right. We jumped ahead a little bit, but okay. Cause All I've right. just heard honey. Well, no, I did that. So you're good. <laughs> I've heard honey, but does everything. So that's why I would. Does. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. But I also know that again, I'm, I thank God for this platform because I get to talk to so many amazing coaches like you. Mm-hmm. And one of them was talking about find a platform and stick with it until you get to a milestone in your business. Basically is what they were saying, because we will hear about something and we'll think, oh, if I just do that, then, mm-hmm. I, then it's going to take my business to another level. And no, it's not. Because learning a new platform is not going to take your business to another level. It's going to take time out of your schedule that you're now learning a new platform that you could be using to actually do revenue generating income activities. <laughs> so, exactly. So, it's, um, so that's why when you said HoneyBook, I was like, oh, she's got the whole thing, but you've been using Acuity for a while. But yes. Completely makes sense. That's okay. My rant is over. Most effective method for you in finding and securing new clients? The most effective method is through DM messaging and the, and just content. And I don't mean cold DMing, right? So I think that's very clear. I'm not cold DMing anybody, (laughs) but I do, if they are, I I do use DMs as a way to relationally connect with people, especially, you know, I have so many people who will just like, who've seen me for a while will share with me a financial win that they've recently had. Um, Some of them turn into clients later on because they know that I'm the person that's going to hype them up. So having that relationship with people is really important to me and having a space where they can say, Hey, like, thank you so much for this or whatever is really important to me. So that's where I create relationships. So that's my main driver of like capturing clients. Okay. So I'm curious really quickly. You don't necessarily cold DM, but do you initiate the DM? Are you responding? I know you said some people may reach out, but when you initiate the DM, who is it to? Who is it to? So a lot of times it'll start with my content, which is open to anybody they'll like it or they'll comment on under it and they'll be like oh my gosh this is so good and that's and that's an end for me to be like thank you so much for liking my content like what about it made it stand out to you or you know like oh my goodness I love your picture about this and it relates to my content that you liked so there's some type of relation to that that we're able to start a conversation that's not like where who are you like I don't even know you like no you came to me you liked my comment <laughs> you liked my content that wasn't I didn't make you do that something resonated with you I just saying thank you but like so I I don't like go straight in there and like pitch I just say like hey because if I'm able to get into their dms and just say thank you I will show up in their content even more especially if they respond to me so the algorithm would be like oh you like her so I'll just show you more of her stuff good to know okay yeah. we have yeah. since you use Facebook we don't talk about that a lot now we know a little bit more about the algorithm one thing Kim, you attribute the most weight to in scaling your business to six figures my coaches and my husband he's cool too but my coach <laughs> um my coaches have been pivotal and <laughs> helping me scale for sure good deal if, if you are a coach and don't have a coach don't work with that coach that's what they say um, <laughs> i love it um and then oh i'm curious does your husband work outside the home or does he run his own business now he works outside the home. He is an educator still. Um, we're working to bring him home, but he is, he's loving what he does. And I'm like, as long as you're happy, I'm happy, boo. So you do what you got to do. So. That's wonderful. I love it. Okay. Good deal. Okay. We've talked a little bit about books, but one book or podcast, including your own podcast. So please make sure you talk about that a little bit. Um, but one book or podcast you would recommend as an absolute must to consume. The Affluent Marriage Podcast, hosted by yours truly and Daniel Graham. Um, but favorite book, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, absolutely bar none, hands down. Okay. Affluence. Yes. The Affluent Marriage. Uh, Where did you all come up with that name and why? He came up with that name. He's a very good wordsmith. Um, 
So the affluent marriage, because we believe affluence has a very different kind of, like, it depends on who you ask. They'll be like, oh, that's hoity toity, that's snooty. And we seek to affluent is more like, I'm on top of it. I know what's going on. Um, and I also, I like my bougie things as well. Um, so we kind of like talk about it as, yeah, we're building wealth, but we're also real human people. And we also like are funny and we talk about things that are a little bit silly. Um, and we can still be wealthy, you know, we can still be a wealthy married couple of individuals, but still having these very down to earth, relatable conversations about wealth. So we came up with the affluent marriage. <laughs> Oh, cool. And it's fairly new. You all recently. Yes. Yeah, so we started it in April, but we're already on season two. We have like almost 40 episodes. Like we have been going like so. <laughs> what are you all doing? I don't know how we've gotten to almost 40 episodes. <laughs> oh my goodness. And they're That's not amazing. Short. Yes. Some of them are part twos because we recognize that we can literally talk for a really long time about a topic. So I think that's what happened. We were like, wow, we didn't expect that. So we spliced them up. You know, so that's kind of helped that too. But we we are really passionate about this topic because especially about communication within marriage and how it connects to money. And we just we just go off on talking about it. So it's we've had a lot of lot of episodes. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. I'm curious approximately how long are the episodes that you're publishing? Uh, we are trying to get them as as about 30 to 40 minutes as possible. Okay. Right. So that's why we have a lot of part twos, part one, part two gotcha. situations. The thing I love about that, and again, it goes back to something that you talked about earlier, is as a married couple, you all are talking. And apparently you like each other enough that you can talk to each other enough <laughs> with substance about topics that you have this much content to share with everyone else with no signs of slowing down. Nope. It's a little... It's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful... It's... It's a little intense. Like one day I'm like, we're probably going to be speaking on stages somewhere about this because it's, it's, it's really, it's very rare. It's weird. Like, <laughs> you're right. Um, it is, it. it is rare and it is weird in the sense that it is not the norm. Mm -hmm. And that's yes. why there's so much work for the mm -hmm. Lord to do on marriages. So yes. it's a good thing that you guys have. It is. It is. We are definitely seeing that the more people I work with and I hear the antithesis I'm like oh my gosh wow yeah no that <laughs> would not work for me <laughs> so I'm very thankful <laughs> yes Kimberly this has been amazing please tell people how they can work with you how they can find you and how they can connect with you so you can work with me lots of different ways um, if you're interested in more of a personalized one-on-one -on -one experience you definitely want to check out my program millionaires in the making um, that is with me personally. If you're looking for a nice little dose of communication and money conversation, you would love my masterclass that's with my husband and I um, called the Spark Connections Virtual Date Night. So you would love that. Um, you can connect with me at the Affluent Marriage Pod if you want to go on Instagram um, or at KG Millionaire Coach. Um, and you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook under that name because they go to the same profile. So that's how I made that work. Um, so yeah, so like that's where you can find me. There was another question, wasn't there? No, I think that was nope. mm -hmm. Okay. Sweet. I thought I had two, but yeah. I think I asked both of them. So, yeah. yeah, that's it. Kimberly, this has been so much fun. This yeah. absolutely was just, blew my mind is the wrong term, I think. I don't know that I ever used that term but it exceeded what my expectations were. I don't know that I really came in with any, but I'm like, oh my goodness, this was so fun. Yay, <laughs> so, I had fun too. Yeah, um, so thank you for being on the Coach Up Podcast. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. And anytime you want to do a part two, you let me know. <laughs> Done. <laughs>Thank you for listening to another episode of the Coach Up Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone else, with another fellow entrepreneur, a friend who you know needs to hear this message. Also, if you've enjoyed listening to the Coach Up Podcast, be sure to subscribe so that you get notification every time a new episode comes out. And if you would be so kind as to make sure that you go follow me at The Connection Collaborator on Instagram or LinkedIn at LinkedIn forward slash Kanisha Hart, then I would be delighted to connect with you, hear from you, and hear your feedback on how the Coach Up podcast is helping you in your business. Again, as always, thanks for being a part of the Coach Up podcast. We will see you on the next episode.